Welcome to the Chamber Voice of Business podcast. I am Steve Cox with the Rogers Lowell Area Chamber of Commerce, and today we have a very special episode of the Chamber Voice of Business podcast. We are actually sitting down and having a candidate forum for Arkansas State Representative District 91. The candidates are Nick Jones and Delia Hawk, and they are being interviewed and moderated by Kyle Kellums, who is host of Ozarks at Large with KUAF. So we want to thank Kyle, we want to thank Nick, and we want to thank Delia for coming in and talking about why we should vote for them here in the upcoming election in November on today's Voice of Business podcast from the Rogers Lowell Area Chamber of Commerce. Good morning. As we're recording this, it is a Tuesday morning. Talking with candidates for State House District 91, which encompasses Benton County, Delia Hawk, Nick Jones. Thank you both for coming. It's 2020, so nothing's the same. Uh, and so this is not in the format as we have done previous uh, conversations or forums. There won't be time. So I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to make sure that you have time to answer and kind of do this in a conversation. I'll direct to one, but everyone will have a chance to answer. I'm going to open up with sort of a wide open question. This is 2020. The legislature will begin in 2021. I imagine COVID-19 will still be. Uh, a big topic at that point. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But is there a priority for you legislatively beyond COVID-19 that you would like to see accomplished by the legislature in Arkansas in the next session? Nick, by random choice, you're on my left. I'll start with you. Thanks, Kyle. I appreciate it. And thank you again for the, for the chamber for hosting this event and stuff. And Delia, it's good seeing you again today. Uh, I really think from day one, our mission has been public education and healthcare, and I think 2020 has really kind of shown that we need that. We need to strengthen those systems within our state because, I mean, half the kids are going back to school, half the kids are staying home. Some of those kids in District 91, I think the last numbers I heard were upwards of 37% didn't have internet connectivity in their homes. And so what are we doing for those kids? And I think really looking at the impacts that COVID has had for 2020, I think going forward, we need to address those issues because yes, this is a hundred year pandemic, but it'll be back and it'll be back sooner than a hundred years. I think just the nature of the, of the world and how we're getting smaller. So I think that's what my focus would be on. Delia? Um, so like Nick has said, I think this COVID-19 has really shown some of the, the needs the, in our district as well as in our state and education access broadband internet access has been one of those issues that where I live out in the county it's a major uh, for students as well as small businesses that do not have access even our public library when it was closed you know that was a source of, of uh, internet access for many folks so that's a, an important issue I think it also brings up uh, kids should be first families should be first uh, in their choice for education. And we wanna make sure they are getting that quality of education. We also realize that in some of these communities in di our district, schools are providing meals. They're providing transportation. Um, and so how can we ensure that there's equal access to that same quality education for all children, for all families? Um, healthcare access, as uh, has been said, is a major issue, and healthcare transparency um, in terms of pricing. Uh, I believe we need to have more competition 
in healthcare than a one system approach, but certainly we have to make sure that we have quality healthcare is a major issue for our district and our state. You'll be sharing the ballot with several issues, including issue one, which is about highway funding. I'm curious, and I'll start with you, do you, do you su support that? And if it doesn't pass, is there money for Arkansas to continue to improve uh, highways? So we live in a very dynamic district, District 91, which includes Centerton and Cave Springs, the fastest, two fastest growing communities in our state. Parts of Bentonville, Rogers as well, very fast growing. Infrastructure is the number one issue that government, cities, counties have to address in terms of funding for new roads, for improving bridges and overlaying old roads, paving dirt roads. Uh, I live on a dirt road and have in the same home for the last 41 years. Uh, that's a major issue. The people will decide this issue. It is on the ballot. I want to make sure they understand what they're voting for or against. And so um, I believe it is a function of government, an important one, that we do fund the growth and the infrastructure needed to provide jobs, to provide access to those jobs. Um, there's different ways to do that. You asked, is there money to do that? I do not believe a major expenditure of anyone's budget, be it personal, city, or state, should say, well, whatever's left over, we'll use for this, because it's a major funding expenditure that either helps our growth or hinders our growth. And so we want to make sure that whatever, whether it's this issue on the ballot or in the future, that there's adequate funding for growth for this dynamic district that we live in. We want to see those opportunities continue. You know, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of extending the tax. We've seen the pros and cons of it. I think there's other ways to get that money. I think better, better budgeting and, and really prioritizing where we spend the money in the state is. So a uh, big issue that I have, uh, and in the state we have a very regressive tax policy. And so I think that we really need to look at where we're collecting those funds. Benton County specifically has a 10% sales tax, you know, and so if I'm if I'm a low-income family and I have $100 to spend on groceries, well, I don't get $100 worth of groceries, you know. And so looking at those things and where are we collecting the money and then where are we spending it. I mean, infrastructure is key, though. It is, it's, it's a huge priority here. We see it every day. We drive on the new 49, you know. It's, um, but, but where are we going to fund that? Because the bridges haven't been touched. I mean, there's areas that are, you know, that are miserable in our district, you know, with the potholes and stuff, you know, how are those going to get fixed? And we need to look at that. Um, you know, to have growth, you need to have infrastructure that supports the growth. And I think that's really where we need to prioritize and, and go forward from there. The governor has endorsed bipartisan, a bipartisan uh, piece of legislation that would establish hate crime laws in Arkansas. Arkansas, one of the few that still doesn't have any sort on the board. Do you support this bill as it is uh, as it has been proposed by the governor, do you think that there should be hate crime legislation in Arkansas? And we'll just go to Nick and then back to you. I, I support it. I, I do. I think that there's a reason why other states have done it. You know, their crimes are committed. Racism still exists in our country, you know, and to cr all crime is horrible crime. And we can admit that, you know, but when, when it's a hate crime, when it's based solely on the fact of the color of the skin or whatever your background is. Yeah, I think that should be separated. It should be punished more harshly, and I do support that. 
This is an issue that I've wanted to get the feedback from our local law enforcement officials, our local legislators, and our citizens. And it's a major issue that, as you said, will be maybe facing whoever is the next um, legislature to address. And what I have found is that there's not a strong support for a hate crime bill in District 91. There is strong support for law enforcement and strong um, deterrent to violent crimes. Um, certainly all crimes include a measure of hate. Um, certainly we want to address any kind of injustice or um, inequities, but I, I do support our law enforcement community and I want their experience in knowing how to deter those kinds of crimes in our uh, region. Safety, security, number one, in terms of um, not only our health, but our quality of life. Um, getting to and from you know, the grocery store, whether it's in the daytime or the, in the evenings. Um, we have probably taken our safe and secure communities for granted for a long time, um, and we certainly don't want to do that. Uh, I would, at this point, not support a hate crime bill because I have not found support for that from District 91. Digitally, you both have mentioned substance abuse, that it, it's important to you, opioids and other substance abuse. So I'd like to know what you can do as a legislator to help end substance abuse, help those who have been affected by it. Delia, it's your turn to go first. And certainly it, it is a health care issue, and, and it affects all of us. Um, it has no age or income you know, boundary in terms of who needs that kind of support. Um, a lot of it is both education in terms of counseling, in terms of um, other remedies that could help provide the, the, the resources needed for a person in crisis, really. Um, so there are other ways between age limits to from younger children on up to every profession that is finding the need to address this issue, uh, from professionals to our physicians. Um, certainly, we want to make sure that we're not having those kinds of uh, opioids pressed uh, on our uh, physicians in terms of incentivizing their prescription and that usage, which has certainly been the case, I think, has been found in the past. And so all of that systematically needs to be addressed so that we can bring down. And thankfully, the numbers and the addiction of on opioids has come down both for our district, the state, and also our, our country. But we have to be vigilant on that, I think, to make sure we're addressing that. Suicide prevention, it's Supervised Prevention Month. You know, people are hurting, it's absolutely. Is there, are there mental health issues? Absolutely. Um, we need to address those. And opioids or other, you know, pharmaceuticals are not the only answer. And so how can we have a comprehensive approach to that? This is kind of a, obviously a passion of mine as a substance abuse counselor. I deal with this on a, on a daily basis. And I'm really what I see is access to the care. You know, a number of clients come in and they don't have a driver's license because they've gotten a DWI or they don't have a car or they have a car and they don't have gas money or, you know, and so it's just getting access to it. Uh, I would love to say that we're going to end s substance abuse. It's not going to happen. It's, it's a lack of coping skills that are usually developed early on, you know, and as a child, if you don't learn those skills, you go with what you know. You know what's familiar, and that's drugs or alcohol. And so 
strengthening counseling in schools. I think really going into the schools and, and, and recognizing those students that have the issues, that have those problems, that, that need additional assistance, you know, and they don't have that support at home is where it really starts, uh, you know. But, but if, if they come into my office, it really is just mental health is, is key. You know, I don't think I've met any client that hasn't had a mental health diagnosis, you know, that didn't face some sort of trauma at some point in their life, you know, and so it's access to care is really the, the key to, to improving that. Let's talk about money because that's a big part of what the legislature does. Um, COVID-19, there has been the CARES Act, but every state to some degree has felt stress, probably will feel more financial stress. You've both talked about better access for education, healthcare. Where are we as far as a state, when you consider corrections, education, everything we do have to spend, where are we, do you think, with our ability to make life better in Arkansas? And is there something that the next legislature can do, be it tax cuts, be it realignment of spending, to get closer to the goals that either of you would like to see the state be able to do with money? My turn? I think so. Okay. So this one is, is, is a topic that's obviously, you know, having... Improving public education, improving health care, that does cost money. You know, but we look at a state that just reduced corporate tax rates a few years ago. Like, that was money that the state gave away. You know, and we've been fortunate enough reading the papers that we've taken a hit for COVID, but it hasn't been as bad. And so I think looking at the money that we have, looking at the money that we've given away, you know, I think, again, if you want corporations to grow and continue, you need to support them, but they need to support their communities as well. Um, and really just realigning criminal justice reform do we need all the all the state prisons that we have you know we've seen that that's been a huge impact for COVID-19 a large spike in our prison population and stuff you know criminal justice reform I think is something that would save money as well so um, looking at where we're going to get the money from and, and really a realignment of where we're spending the dollars I think is, is key you know it was interesting that the response to COVID-19, even at the national level, was let's get the dollars in the hands of, of people that they can make those purchases so that we can keep the economy moving during a time of lockdown or shutdown or, or slowdown. And I believe that is the remedy for success. How do we keep the dollars in the pockets of the every individual, every family, to make those purchases that are needed to keep the economy moving and one of the studies that I have seen is that in Arkansas, Arkansas is the number one state where a hundred dollars goes farther than any other state. So there are lots of studies out there that say we may have a higher sales tax rate or otherwise, but if our $100 is going farther in Arkansas than in any other state in the nation, that's a good thing. And certainly we want to keep that momentum going and we want to keep the dollars in the pockets of the individual as they earn them. So we want job security. Um, we want to lower unemployment and keep that n uh, number low. We want jobs. We want good paying jobs. We want, I would love to see a technical high school that's providing more training in terms of welding and all kinds of uh, electrical and, and so on, that uh, coding that are needed in our communities right here in Northwest Arkansas. Those are the kinds of things that um, our state should invest in in terms of 
a return to the community and, and the individual worker. But I believe work is um, a, a right of every person, but it's also the dignity of the person, right? So I'm, I'm for a work requirement for those, for everyone who can work, because I feel like that's the best thing for that person, not just for the state, um, to get them on their feet and to provide those jobs. So what can we do to support uh, job growth, job opportunities, good paying jobs, training in our district here in our state? COVID-19, again, will probably be something that we are dealing with for a while. I don't know when the vaccine is going to happen. Um, is there a role the legislature will play going forward, thinking that this pandemic might last in some form for another year or beyond? So that is a $64,000 question. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, I tend to look at it as <clears throat> when this hit, it certainly was an emergency. It was a healthcare emergency. It was an economic emergency. Um, now that we've had a, a longer period of time, we've got to move in a direction of, of um, finding every community to find their way in terms of not um, dictating to them what should be happening because their rate of response and what's going on in every community is very different. So I don't believe in a blanket um, mandate across the state. I, I believe that every community and every business should have the opportunity to set those standards. Um, but it's going to affect everyone and certainly our schools, which affect our families, which affect going to work and those kind of things. So how can we provide the resources needed to be safe in school, to be safe at work, to be safe in going to the grocery store, um, I think people want that, so they're more willing to take the measures needed uh, when they see that the, the uh, effect is the outcome that we all want. Nick? You know, I looked at the numbers yesterday. We have almost 1,000 deaths in Arkansas because of COVID-19. It's a serious thing. And, and I think as, as a legislature, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what should be done is follow the science and what does the science say you know and we've looked at the other countries that had mask mandates that you know they i, I don't necessarily agree in like a, a complete and total lockdown but a mask mandate i think is a bare minimum that we can do you know and i'm glad to see that the stores have, have taken that initiative and you, you need a mask if you're going to come in sort of thing i think if we can do that and we can get everybody on board but you have to have a buy-in from the from the masses sort of thing and you know, if you've got 10% of the people going into a store that don't have a mask on, I mean, you're 10% more likely to get it, you know. And so I'm, I'm going to follow the science, and that's, that's what I would do. All right, let's see. Did I start with you, the first question? Okay, so I'm going to, because this is supposed to be about 20 minutes, so I want to end here. Not asking for a closing statement, but what topic have I not covered that you, I want to make sure that there isn't something I've missed. So Delia, is there anything that you would like to address in the last couple of minutes we have that I haven't asked or brought up? Well, certainly for me, um, for my lifetime, it's been pro-life. That is a major issue for me. And I believe one of the things that the Republican platform has stood strong on for since Roe versus Wade began in 1973, uh, was a pro-life stance, and certainly the state of Arkansas has taken measures to uh, protect life, 
I would love to be a part of that and can see that continue. Um, other issues that relate to pro-life in my mind are also um, to be pro-defense. So I am uh, for uh, the Second Amendment, making sure that people have the right to defend themselves, I think is very important. And so not defunding the police, not disarming the um, lawful citizens from their right to bear arms, those are major issues for me. Nick? I think that I'm going to bring up two things. First one is childhood poverty. You know, in Washington and Benton County, uh, the numbers range, but it's around 25%. So one in four kids go to bed hungry in this part of the state. You know, and to me, um, as, a, as a veteran, I got back and I came back home and I saw what are the issues that are affecting us. And when you see one in four kids in Benton and Washington County go to bed hungry, there's an issue. So what is that issue? You know, and I think really looking at that and trying to understand where, where those shortcomings are and how we can do our part to overcome that. Because if a kid doesn't eat well before they go to bed, they don't have a healthy breakfast before they go to school, they're not ready to learn, you know, and talking about substance abuse issues, those are where those problems start. So as a veteran too, I think coming back, mental health is a big concern of mine. You know, I've, uh, I've gone through the VA system and I've talked to hundreds of vets since being out and, and, and access to good quality mental health care um, that's there, you know, and it's not a two-week wait to get in to talk to somebody, you know, and that's a lot of that's a federal issue, but a lot of that's a state issue as well, you know, and running into those barriers and stuff, I've realized that I don't think we're doing enough for veterans when they return. Thank you both for coming in on a weekday. Thank you both for running. Thanks to the Rogers Lowell Area Chamber of Commerce for providing this forum. Best of luck, and I think we all agree people should vote. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Delia.